0: The Janice Daniels Show. Janice Daniels
1: Show. Repeat after me America is a republic, and there's nothing democratic about the Democrat Party. Let's get our words right, people. She's tough. What part of Shall Not Infringe don't you legislators understand? Read the Constitution. Read the Bill of Rights. Read the stupid so called laws that you guys sign your names to. Your focus is shameful. She's smart. And besides, what have you legislators done that gives you power over us? Trick the people into electing you? Swearing an oath that you don't seem to understand or follow?
0: She's tenacious.
1: I say bring the Electoral College to the county level for all national elections so Michigan isn't governed by sanctuary jurisdictions like Wayne and Washtenaw counties.
0: She's sassy.
1: Michigan has a big problem. We have too many people who exhibit seditious behavior in elected office and that needs to change. I'm hoping against hope we can change the change. Let's talk about some of this stuff on the Janice Daniels Show. This could be fun.
0: And now, your host, Janice Daniels.
1: Just when you think that things can't get any worse, they get worse. But remember, old sayings become old sayings because no matter how old they get, they still say something to you. And you could just as easily say... Just when you thought things couldn't get any better, they got better. That's just the way it goes. I mean, look at the weather today in Michigan. It is glorious. So now, as I've been thinking about old sayings, the one that touched my heart the closest is that it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Now, that that might not be the most appropriate old saying at this time, but it helped me through many times in my life, When I have loved and lost, and then loved and then lost, and then you get the picture. Anyway, another old saying that I think might be important at this time is that it's always darkest before the dawn. So we have to be very, very discerning about what we're watching on TV And on YouTube, and please, we have to be discerning about what we're reading and sharing from any number of websites that I personally believe have been created to specifically shape our perceptions of reality in a very unreal way. we got to remember, the enemies of, of America have control of the dominant media. And that's a fact. The enemies of America have control of the dominant media. And I think that one of their strategies is to prioritize what they call the authoritative messaging while they downplay or even ridicule the opposition media that goes against their narrative. And their narrative always seems to be one of fear and disease and death and perversion and anxiety. You'd think we're trying to kill ourselves. So be careful what you watch. I mean, how can a man get a fair trial when the media has become the judge, the jury and the executioner? I think there's always a back story to things. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to judge what I didn't see firsthand. And I don't know the back story. And quite frankly, I'm not going to always talk about the bad apples all the time when we live in a world where we really need to start shining up the good apples. Don't you agree? So I think that we need to use the tools that we do have at our command to wake up enough of the good apple American people to understand the power that we the people have as a free people in the eyes of God and before the entire world of statists and serfs and sheeple. You know, those bad apples. Now last week, I gaveled open the first meeting of the Guardians of the Constitution, well, I hammered it open anyway, but I never made a motion to adjourn the meeting. So let's just all agree that we're going to continue this meeting for forever. The Guardians of the Constitution meeting is in order, as long as the Janice Daniels show is on air. Now, last week I mentioned a, a action item that I wanted us to work on, which was to demand that all of our public functionaries, while they're under their own self-imposed house arrest, read the Constitution, read the Bill of Rights, read the stupid so-called laws. I don't have to go through that. That's in my intro, but um, in fact, that would be a little bit too much to ask of them because most of the drivel that is passed as legislation was written in such a way that it's impossible to read anyway. So now I use the term public functionaries, and I thank you, John and Ron, because that's an old saying, and it's very descriptive. We elect and appoint people into public office to perform a certain function, and basically that function is to do everything they can to prevent injustice. Again, that's according to Frederick Bastier. He says the only purpose of the law is to prevent injustice. Now, I still contend that we need to rid ourselves of of a hundred or more years worth of man-made laws and go back only to the U.S. Constitution, the first ten amendments known as the Bill of Rights, and maybe the first constitution of each of the several states, and the Ten Commandments found in the Holy Bible. That's really quite enough legislating for all of us. So now my action item number two. I think that we, the people, need to start contact tracing our elected officials to see just where they're getting their devious marching orders to clamp down on the healthy people in such an egregiously unconstitutional way with this lockdown that's been going on to one degree or another for over two months now. And these insidious bills popping up all over the place, while at the same time they allow bullies and marauders Those are words from Barry Goldwater, to destroy private property in full view of the helpless store owners. What has gone wrong with our leadership? I do want to mention this House Bill 6666. I mean, first of all, it's almost blasphemous. What a slap in the face to Christians around the world for these demons to name any bill 6666. This particular bill was introduced on May 1st, 2020, and it was immediately sent to the Energy and Commerce Committee, where it'll sit and lurk for however long these demons need it to be there. But truly, the demons have made such a great deal of hay out of just the name of the bill, and we've been getting our underwear all in a bunch about it, and no doubt that was their intention they want to impose this kind of madness on the free people of the United States of America, and we cannot allow them to do so. So now I want to look, take a look at some of the people who co-sponsored. Now I call this a POC. That's a piece of crud legislation. Because I, I think the people who co-sponsor it is really more important than even the bill itself, because it probably will never see the light of day, even though that's exactly what they want to do. So now, if you're going to take a look at a lady named... Tulsi Gabbard, she looks like she's a reasonable voice in the Democrat Socialist of America Party. She co-sponsored House Bill 6666, just four days after it was introduced into the House. Again, that was on May, 20, May 1st, 2020. It was 29 days ago this bill was introduced. Four days later, Tulsi Gabbard signed on as a co-sponsor. And Wayne County's own dynasty quack diva, Debbie Dingell, willingly added her name to this bill on may 12 2020 you people who live in wayne county's i think it's the 12th district you might consider asking ms debbie a few questions about this house bill 6666 called the trace act now of course you have to be really nice when you contact debbie dingle because she just really wants us all to get along and we all have to agree to disagree As we the people are forced by our public functionaries to be tested, reached, and contacted? By whom exactly? By whom? So this bill was introduced by some unknown Democrat named Bobby Rush from Illinois. Surprise, surprise. I think it's a great name, Rush. But again, I like to look at the co-sponsors more than the sponsor, because it's terrible when one communist who infiltrated our government creates a really bad bill. But it's another thing for a bunch of other communists who have infiltrated our government to sign on to that really bad bill once they have an opportunity to read it. Uh, What do you know? Communist. Once a communist, always a communist. I guess maybe except for... Whitaker Chambers, I don't know. But um, you remember that guy in the House of Representatives who said his fear was that Guam, the island that's kind of above Australia in the Pacific Ocean, would tip over, capsize, and basically fall into the ocean if the Marines stationed another 8,000 men and their families on the island? That was in 2020. Well, that was a Democrat representative named Hank Johnson from the great state of Georgia. And he signed on as a co-sponsor to House Bill 6666 on May 22nd. That was just eight days ago. So I want you to hear the dialogue between Representative Hank Johnson back in 2010 and the U.S. Navy Admiral named Robert Willard in that House committee meeting where Representative Johnson asked that absolutely absolutely, idiotic question that Admiral Willard had to then answer if you could see the YouTube clip of it the Admiral sort of looked like he couldn't keep a smile off his face when he really respectfully answered the question take a listen for yourself and try to keep a smile off your face Derek my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize
0: uh we don't anticipate that. The uh the Guam population, I think currently about hundred and seventy-five thousand and again with eight thousand Marines and their families, it's an addition of about twenty-five thousand uh, more uh into the population.
1: Now far be it from me to discriminate against anybody for saying stupid things. I've said a couple of stupid things myself in my lifetime, just a couple. In fact, sometimes I like to make people laugh, so I'll knowingly say something stupid just to get everybody to laugh. But, you know, that can really be risky at times. I don't recommend you do that. I, in fact, lost a mayoral seat because I said something I thought would make people laugh. But uh, this guy, Hank Johnson, sits in our federal government. Hank Johnson has been a representative in Georgia since 2007. And so his jokes and his real observations, whether he's joking or not, affect all of us not just the bullies in Troy. So this past year, this man who said that Guam might fall over if 25,000 more people live there has cast the following votes. He voted in favor of the $19 billion spending bill back in June of 2019. He voted in favor of a massive amnesty bill for illegal aliens with no border security. He voted to advance fraudulent articles of impeachment against our president, And he most recently voted in favor of what conservativereview.com calls the gag and vote for it, small business killing coronavirus emergency legislation. And that is among many other votes that he has taken over the past 13 years that I would suspect he has never read and doesn't even have a crosswind of an idea what he's voting in favor of. He has a 16% failure rate on conservativereview.com, and yet he has this website, that's filled with all the wonderful positions that he takes on all the Democrat hot button issues. I think maybe it's time we start demanding that these people submit the information for their own government websites so that these shiny platforms of deceit might offer the public a real look at these people's intellectual abilities and the real position on issues of import to the entire country. I think this man, Hank Johnson, is nothing more than a pawn for Queen Nancy's chess game of destruction. And she's a destructive little lady. Well, I use that word loosely, too. But it's, it's high time. It's past time that we, the people, the guardians of the Constitution, start calling checkmate on these people. Really, truly, truly. That's for the good of this country. You know, men like Phil Stargill, Milt Harris, Ron Edwards, Alan West. You guys need to find a way to clean house in Georgia's fourth district. There must be constitutional uh, conservatives that live in that district. You guys got to find them. We're depending on you. Our country is depending on you guys. Speaking of Alan West, our prayers go out to him and his family. Last Saturday, he was in a motorcycle accident in Texas, but I understand he's home recovering as of this past Monday. So that's really good. I want to continue a little bit longer looking at this House Bill 6666. Uh, The full name of it is COVID-19 Testing, Reaching, and Contacting Everyone. That's the trace at. Testing, Reaching, and Contacting Everyone. So now this bill is only five pages long. Basically, it sets up the framework for another layer of extra constitutional authority, that's being given to the Secretary of House and Human, or Health and Human Services. Now, I wonder if we can find testing, reaching, and contacting everyone um, with reference to one particular strain of a virus to be constitutionally sound, authorized, or delegated as a power granted to the federal government in the first place. I don't remember those authorities being delegated to any branch of the federal government. Now, in fact, I have here my trusty one-page overview of the constitutionally authorized duties of the federal and state governments that was developed by our friend Publius Holda, a.k.a. PH, otherwise known as Joanna Martin. On one page, she has listed an overview of all of the constitutionally authorized duties of uh, not only the federal government, but the state government. Now, the people have delegated to the federal government just a handful of authorities that include things like international trade, national defense, and that's in times of war – making constitutionally authorized treaties, laws on naturalization, you know, how do you become an American person? And and that's just to name a few of them. And you know what? These duties really represent only the things that we as individuals would do for ourselves but can't do on a countrywide basis. It's called the collective rule of law. So if you really look at the things that we would do for ourselves, for example, we're responsible for fair trade among our neighbors. I go to the local grocery store and I buy food in in exchange for money. Uh, We defend our homes and our families. That's against uh, war of any kind. We make peace with our neighbors. You know, we build fences to show where our lot lines are. And we only let people into our homes that abide by our rules and our laws. So those kind of mirror the duties that we assign to the federal government. Trade, defense, treaties, American citizenship. Who we let in our house. Those are important things that, again, we delegate to the federal government. So the, the problem is that um, it, it, it's that our legislators have gotten away with adding these new powers to themselves, powers that really work in direct opposition to the powers that we would grant them. So the problem is bigger than just one stupid Bill 6666. Um and it really is just such a gall that Representative Debbie Dingell would sign on to that bill. How dare her? I really would like her to call in and defend herself. Debbie, Mrs. Dingell, please call into the Jan- Janice Daniels show. I'd like to challenge you to a duel of ideas. 734 Call in. 734 822 Tell me where you find the authority to test Reach and contact everyone about the coronavirus. virus. I don't think you can, okay? So the problem is bigger than just one bill or one incompetent, lightweight legislator. So that's why we're, it's really important that we follow the work of great men, I think, like Pete Hendrickson. You know, we in, invited Pete Hendrickson to the show last weekend. And if you were listening, you'll probably agree that it was really quite a spirited debate. I want to thank Pete for joining us on the Janice Daniels Show. I hope he agrees to come back again. In fact, fact, I hope that he's just listening and that he'll just call in every once in a while and uh, give us his opinion on any number of very important issues. Um, I had invited him on the show last week to talk about his important work that he's doing called the Lockdown Liberty Keys. He has now since then created a Liberty Key for Michigan, one for Virginia, one for Texas, and one for Kentucky. And if I know Pete, He will be creating Liberty Keys for all 50 states. And I think that's really a good idea. So I would encourage you to go to Pete's website. That's losthorizons.com. Click on the search bar, type in Liberty Keys. Scroll all the way down that page, and you'll find a link to the Michigan, Texas, Virginia, and Kentucky Lockdown Liberty Keys now, Pete is a wonderful writer. He's a very intelligent man. Uh, but his website isn't real user-friendly. If I had a million dollars, I'd give him about $10,000 to set up a new website design because uh, he has so much information on that website. And uh, But his valuable information isn't going to be helpful unless we the people share the words that he's writing, spread the message. I went to the hardware store the other day to spread the message of liberty to my fellow Americans who were all wearing masks. So I wanted to support my local hardware store rather than, you know, the national chain. So I walked in and there was this rather rotund young man, kind of like heavyweight young man. And he uses this authoritative voice and says, you must wear a mask if you're going to shop here. Do you have a mask? So I pulled out my N95 mask out of the bottom of my purse with my keys and my change and my tissues and all that other stuff in there. And uh, I had I pulled out the one that I wrote Trump 2020 on it. So I put it on facing him and said, uh, you know, as I was putting it on, I said, you know, these masks really are more dangerous than anything else. We would be better to be breathing in fresh air. And I said, but at least I'll make a statement with my mask. So he, was, he he looked at me and I swear to God, his eyes turned like steely cold and kind of blank. I, I, I kind of thought that if I could see his face, I would see a look of disdain on his face. But of course, I couldn't see his face because he was wearing a stupid mask. So then I'm walking down the main aisle and I'm kind of shifting the mask on and off my nose and mouth because I'm really kind of irritated about the whole thing. And I hear this voice behind me that says, you must wear your mask. So I was like, Oh my God, Big Brother! I mean, Big Brother, anybody? So I'm, I'm, I'm walking around, half taking it off, half putting it on. I'm getting irritated, and then this time there's this little boyish-looking girl clerk who marches down the aisle, and she says, "You must wear that mask." And I said, "I can't breathe in the mask." She says, in the, like in this snotty little voice, she goes, "Well then, you're going to have to go stand outside and wait for somebody to help you." And I said, you know what, I guess I'll go outside and shop somewhere else. And that's exactly what I did. Now, they lost out on $70 worth of material, merchandise that I wanted to buy from them. They lost out on it because I had to go to a store that would not force me to wear a mask now i did i went to one of the large chains i don't want to mention the name and i didn't wear a mask of course everybody else was wearing masks maybe one or two people didn't uh, didn't uh, wear a mask but as i was walking around i'm i'm like looking at all these people, these young, healthy, handsome, strong, young men. And I'd say, my God, you're so young. That mask isn't helping you. You need to breathe fresh air. And everybody kind of looks away from me and doesn't say anything. So I stopped to um, talk to a clerk uh, to ask where something was that I wanted to buy. And he made some stupid crack about his stupid, filthy, unhealthy mask. And um, I mean, he had a really good sense of humor and he then went on to say something like, well, I guess it's going to protect me from getting something. I said, yeah, it might help protect you from getting just about everything except liberty. And he liked that comment. In fact, he liked it so much that he kind of walked around the store with me making jokes and finding things that I need. It was really great. But he kept that stupid mask on. I think it's, I think it's really, really insane the way everyone young and old, black and white, rich and poor, have all bought into this insanity. So I don't really want to shame people into stopping uh, wearing these masks, masks, but I would like to um, encourage people to stop wearing these masks. All they are doing is showing that we are incapable of taking care of our own health. And God is the final arbiter of when we're going to die. And you know what? If I can't see the smile on your face, it takes too much away from life. It truly does. And it is true. These masks will help us from getting anything we can except liberty. And that's what we need the most you know, I'm, of course, I watch some sense of the news. I actually don't watch a lot of news. I watch a lot of Blaze TV and I listen to a lot of talk radio. I love talk radio. Uh, but it never stops amazing me at how skillful the Democrat media mouthpieces are at faking forgiveness for another one of their godless communist Democrats like Joe Biden, who made an absolutely Blatant insult against an entire segment of humanity when he said, You ain't black if you don't already know who you're going to vote for. Now, these same people are equally as skillful at chewing up and burying conservatives of any color who make a comment supporting a biblical interpretation of life or a statistically proven case on the true causes of poverty. Now, one of the things that interested me the most about that little interaction with Joe Biden and his you ain't black comment was the question or comment that was made to him before he made that comment. Now, this person, I have no idea who it is, calls himself some kind of a god. He literally told the Democrat Party presumptive nominee for the highest office in this nation that he wanted some things for his community. He wants some things for his community? Well, knock, knock, guess what? There's about 350 million other people who want some things for our community. In fact, some of us people who want some things for our community want fidelity to our Constitution. And our Constitution does not allow presidents or any other public functionaries to go around giving away stuff that belongs to one person to another person who simply says He wants some things for his community. That's not how government's supposed to work. We call ourselves the land of the free, but it isn't because you get to get some freebies.
0: The Janice Daniels Show. Janice Daniels Show. On Wham! Talk 1600 and 92.7 FM.
1: The world is changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost, for none now live who remember it. It began with the forging of the Great Rings. Three were given to the elves, immortal wisest and fairest of all beings. Seven to the Dwarf Lords, great miners and craftsmen of the mountain halls. And nine, nine rings were gifted to the race
0: of men who above all else desire power.
1: That's the clip of Galandriel from the Lord of the Rings that I wanted to play last week and I blabbered mouth my way all through it almost so I thought I'd play it again. The world is changed and much of once was is lost. And so it, again, is up to we, the people, the guardians of the Constitution, to restore our American Republic and stop the madness of destroying statues in history that is important to understand what America is and, and, and the great things that we have accomplished, even through the most difficult of times. And it's always difficult because men desire power above all else and so that's why the law was created in the first place duh to prevent injustice uh and, and, and you know what as much as we have troubles and sorrows and woes in the end good prevails god is going to win this war this is a battle between good and evil it is god's war we are only asked to stay in the fight we're not expected to win the war and i thank professor wagner for pointing that out to us uh, at one uh, conference or another that he um that he attended and spoke at he's a he's a wonderful wonderful speaker and educator and intellect and he's been having these um constitutional moment uh, seminars on Facebook at 4 o'clock. Go to his Assault and Light Global Facebook page. And generally at 4 o'clock he has one of these. I'm hoping he has one today. I'll check in and see, and I hope to see you there. At any rate, um, I wanted to talk about these important things that we have, one of them being liberty. In fact, three of them, those inalienable rights from God, Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, sometimes we can't quite understand what the pursuit of happiness might look like or what it might mean. And so I found that Frederick Bastier, who I often refer to, the statesman, French statesman, alive during the time of one of the uh, French revolutions 1849, uh, and he was observing how socialism was coming to France, and he tried to stop the people. He pointed out some very important things about liberty. Um, I want to start out, though, in this analysis looking at the the differences between liberty and freedom. Those are two really important words. And then, Now, I looked at a Statement that was made by John Derish. You remember John Derish? I interviewed him on in the National Liberty Alliance, I think on the third episode of the Janice Daniels show back in October of 2019. That was John Derish, the National Liberty Alliance. And he said on his website, understanding the constitution is the law of the land, the sanctuary of our inalienable rights to apply, to guard and to construe that law through free and independent juries uninhibited by legislators or magistrates is the key to liberty so i want to kind of pull that sentence apart a little bit so we can fully consume its meaning its meaning and first of all the, the first part of the sentence of course is quite easy to understand the constitution is the law of the land period period so whenever any legislator in this country from the highest level of government to the most local level of government proposes or sponsors a bill They have to be commanded by we, the people, to cite the article, the section, or the clause of the Constitution that gives that particular bill the suitability to be enacted into law. Answer the question, under what authority? And don't tell me statutes and don't cite me cases. I want to know the constitutional authority that allows any bill to be enacted into law. So going back to John Derrish's sentence, understanding the Constitution is the law of the land, the sanctuary of our unalienable right. So I like that word sanctuary. It's bandied around quite a bit these days. But what's the root word for sanctuary? Sacrosanct. It's sacrosanct. So our unalienable rights are sacrosanct. What does sacrosanct mean? Well, a, a synonym for sacrosanct is untouchable. So our unalienable rights are untouchable. Can you hear me, Debbie Dingle? Our unalienable rights are untouchable. Can you hear me, Gretchen Whitmer? So now I wanted to take another deeper look into what the word sacrosanct means or what where does it come from it and it actually comes from two latin components sacro and sanctus sacro sacro excuse me means by sacred rite, r-i-t-e by sacred rite, and sanctus means sacred and it gives us saint And it gives us sanctimony and sanctify and sanctuary. So the meaning of the word sacrosanct, to my way of thinking, is it's doubly sacred. So our unalienable rights are doubly sacred. They are untouchable. And why is it that Michigan's Governor Whitmer and other elected officials, why is it that they believe that undocumented immigrants otherwise known as illegal aliens, deserve our double sacred protection to disregard our Constitution, which is the law of the land. I'm just asking... But back to that sentence of John Derrish from the National Liberty Alliance, understanding that the Constitution is the law of the land, the sanctuary of our unalienable right to apply, to guard, and to construe that law through free and independent juries uninhibited by legislators or magistrates is the key to liberty. So I'm going to kind of twist that up a little bit in order to understand its full implication. Basically, he's saying, The key to liberty, which is one of those three identified unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The key to liberty is for we, the people, to apply, guard, and construe the law. But first, we have to understand the law. So again, that's why I'm going back to my friend, Frederick Bastier. I don't know if he would call me a friend of his, but he certainly, I consider him a friend of mine. Um, So he's such a great political thinker I'm just so amazed when I go back to that pamphlet just one little pamphlet, the law I know he's written other works and I want to get to them and see what else he has to say but that little pamphlet called the law it it really contains like the essence of what we need to know about socialism versus free markets now there's that word again, free free, so you know Bastier put it really nicely, instead of using life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, he called it life, faculties, and resources. I want to go on with his discussion of life, faculties, and resources, but we have Tom from Detroit on the phone. Good afternoon, Tom.
0: Hi. Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about, uh, you were talking earlier about Pete Hendrickson, and uh, you know, you're uh, just real quick about you know. you, you said like, uh, why is it like, people like uh, our governor, you know, aren't aren't following the constitution? And well, you know, it's a lot easier to just be king, I guess. You know, and I mean that's, that's the short of that. But you know, you your last week you were talking about the uh, income tax and uh, Pete Hendricks. I read his book, and. Uh, yeah, you know, and I followed up by. This was back when we used to have to go to the law library really to to look up the law, and you know he was he was correct, uh, and you know he, he, it was kind of like a Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole where you know you go down and through all the convolutions through the uh, Internal Revenue Code, and uh, you know the the trouble is 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 they keep changing the code and they uh, they twist everything to you know to to fit their own uh weaponized policies of uh collection that's uh, the guy I I uh, I used to go to he used to have meetings he he actually got his uh, his uh, case accepted to the Supreme Court uh then uh, shortly after he got on the docket he had a heart attack his name was uh Chuck Conscious but he he used to say you know if only lawyers can understand the law then only lawyers should have to obey the law <laughs> and he, he basically said so he, he gave up on uh, on trying to argue the code with the IRS. And he just went to the Supreme Court rulings that said that the um the sixteenth amendment didn't give the Congress any new taxing powers. And that was uh basically Stanton versus Baltic mining and they were confirming the the Bush Harbor uh decision. But you know, these days, if I, I talk to, uh, you know, I talk to a hundred people, and I'm probably not going to be able to find one person that even knows the original federal taxing powers. They, they don't know the difference between a direct tax and an indirect tax.
1: I agree with you, Tom. That's exactly why I'm devoting this program to trying to help people understand their constitutional authorities and stop letting the usurpers of good government create new powers for themselves by using what they call the law. And then they kind of convince the world that they are right. And we all have to look up to them and we all clap when they walk in the room and we all give them the best seats and the best cars and the best pensions and the best perks. And yet, They are stealing from us our basic understanding of the law that is so concisely and so nicely written in the Constitution that if you just take a little bit of time to brush away all that dust from the centuries of usurpation of, of simple constitutional rule of law. And, and and we've got to remember that that constitution was remit, was written to limit them, not to limit us, not for them to tell us where we're allowed to go and what we're allowed to do and who we're allowed to be with and how many people. This is, uh, it's egregious to the extreme. And, you know, I, I have often said the, the pendulum needs to swing back towards the center and then we need to give it a hefty push towards the right because we are right. Um and, well, now I think that what has happened is the pendulum has 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 been pushed so far to the left that maybe maybe we are waking up enough of the people we don't need all the people we just need enough of the American people to understand the things that you're talking about the things that Pete talks about I've tried to read Pete's book I have in fact hosted a conference where he was able to put down his his theories uh, on a on a on a, a, a screen you know PowerPoint kind of presentation and it makes so much sense but it's still a little bit intellectual and so I always try to bring things to the you know ground level so that everybody can kind of understand them and I think maybe Pete's work needs to be gone through uh, on the Janice Daniels Show, so that we can understand it at the ground level. Um, Tom, even the words that you're using are a little bit there, the highbrow. Uh, and I can't think of which words that you've said, the exciting the, well, cases, et cetera. Yeah,
0: that, um, the, that's the thing. Yeah, the, there's a, only there's only maybe uh, four or five cases that one would have to be familiar with to be able to, to absolutely prove that, you know, the direct taxes still have to be a portion, but like I said, people, people don't know what direct taxes are. I, I right. think of it like, okay, if I, if I bought direct, for, tried to, you know, I, I, if I'm a dealer, I can buy direct from Ford Motor Company. But if I, uh, I, I have to buy from a source, I'm not a dealer, so I have to buy from a dealer. That's a source for that product. Okay. In the 16th Amendment, it says income from whatever source. And the brush hover court pointed out that, you know, they wouldn't have had to use the word source if they meant something other than a uh, direct tax. Otherwise, they would have created a whole new class of taxes, which they didn't do. So vis-a-vis, you know, if they're taxing me directly, you know, it has to be apportioned. If you know, if okay. there's some 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 other well, you know, and now it's getting too technical for it. Yeah. And I, it's just it's the ignorant juries, I think, that's gotten us to where we are now. When well, the judge out, about... outlines the law to the jury, the jury doesn't take into consideration whether that you know that uh, that that you know definition of the law is constitutional or not.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for your call, Tom. I have long said that, um, unfortunately, we've again twisted things around to where we randomly pick our elected officials based upon how they look on television or a fancy website that they give, and we micromanage who we allow on juries. I mean, is it really a random jury of your peers when you have an attorney and a prosecutor uh, going through these questions, asking I don't even know what kind of questions asked because I have never been on a jury and that's because I had uh, um, asked not to be, quite frankly, and I had a valid reason not to be on the jury. Uh, I might like to be on a jury these days. So if uh, anybody's listening in the government, uh, send me a, a request to be on a jury and I'd be happy to join you. But, of course, they probably wouldn't want me now. But at any rate, we have lost the random jury of our peers and we've lost the studious selection of our elected officials and we need to switch that back around. But I want to get through a little bit of um, Frederick Bastier's use of the words life, faculties and resources rather than life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. So Frederick Bastier uses the word faculties instead of liberty. And uh, I, I think that's interesting because the way he explains it, first of all, he gives great, great credence to life. That is the greatest gift that God has given us. Um, and, And these faculties that God has provided to us, the faculty of sight and sound and touch and taste and physical bodies that are capable of doing an endless amount of activities. We can walk, we can talk, we can think, we can breathe, blah, blah, blah. We can have all these motor abilities with our fingers and bend our knees and our elbows and we dance and we sing and we build things using our faculties. So then Frederick Bastier goes on to say, and then God has given us a vast array of resources, wood, stone, minerals, dirt, seeds, jewels, sheep, horses, water, all these natural resources that we use our faculties to build the world in such a way that we provide happiness to our gift called life. I think that that is a little bit better way of understanding uh, what life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is. Now, when you think of the word freedom, it seems to me that freedom is like an acquired commodity. We use our faculties and our resources to secure our freedom. And, in fact, sometimes people have to give their lives so that others can live free. So freedom taken to the extreme could be called anarchy some people who are are left free to do what they will burn down the world that other men have built up to secure liberty so i really think there is a big difference between the words liberty and freedom and uh in the 1960s i have little doubt that the usurpers of good government knew exactly what they were doing when they changed the word liberty to freedom in the Michigan Constitution of 1963. Now, you, you remember the tree of liberty that Thomas Jefferson said needs to be fertilized with the blood of patriots and tyrants every so often, and that's in order to give us the freedom to live in peace and prosperity. Now, while I was doing my research on the law, uh, I happened to go back to uh, a, a uh, set of doctrine that I read from Thomas Aquinas. Um, he basically said that he believed that there were four levels of law. And the top of the levels of law, the hierarchy, at the top of the hierarchy, is eternal law. And that's God's universal law, the laws of the universe. And, and below that, Thomas Aquinas said that there's divine law, and that's God's written law, the Holy Bible. And then below that, there's natural law. Things are what they are. So the example that I like to use when I try to define nat- natural law In modern terms, uh, and you may have heard me say this before, but I say a tree is a tree, a man is a man, and a woman is a woman. And now a tree cannot become a man, even if you strap a log around the middle of it. I'm kind of blushing. Uh, A man can't become a woman, even if he packs 25 pounds of makeup on his face. And a woman can't become a tree Even if she wears a dress made out of leaves, that's natural law. Things are what they are. And then beneath all of that, we have the lowly creature called man's law. And that's what's got to be guarded. That is what's got to be controlled by we the people. If you want to join the conversation and add to any of my discussions, or if you have another subject that you'd like to bring to the table, please call 734-822-1600, 734-822-1600. Speaking of Thomas Aquinas, uh, I found another statement by him that's attributed to him. I don't know if he actually said it or not. I wasn't around when he was alive, but uh, he said, by nature, all men are created. No, he didn't say created. It says, by nature, all men are equal in liberty, but not in other endowments. I'll say that again. By nature, all men are equal in liberty, but not in other endowments. Happiness is secured through virtue. It is a good attained by man's own will. So again, that kind of goes along with my thought about what frederick bastier was saying that in fact we use our faculties and our resources our own will to build the world that makes us happy um I, i i think that we have so much to do with the with the with the Resources that we have been given, and it, it's just a wonderful thing that we're able to use God's resources in so many wonderful ways to build this beautiful world that we have. And even in spite of the fact that there are troubles all around, I mean, real serious troubles all around. Um, for example, uh, you know, this, 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 this business that's going on in Minnesota, these, these riots, I mean, this is not protesting, people. This is rioting. It's terrible, and it's spreading across the country. It's spreading across the country. Uh, for example, uh, Fox News is talking about a, 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 a NYPD van is set on fire uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, it's just not going to be helpful for us to misuse our freedoms. Now, my motto for today is words matter. And that's why I love talk radio. Keep listening, keep talking, keep learning, keep sharing. And remember, keep spreading the word. It's wham! That's W A A M out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I'm Janice Daniels.